0: And welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, where we share the journeys of individuals that have come from different industries and clawed their way into cybersecurity or broken into cybersecurity, as we like to say. Um, today, we have another very interesting story for you. But before we get to that, uh, if you are on LinkedIn, ensure that you follow myself and our guest. If you are on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe and hit that notification button, and if you're listening to us after the fact, give us five stars on your favorite podcast platform and share it with everyone that might be interested, uh, because we really do need individuals from different backgrounds, different approaches to solve the problems of tomorrow. On to our guest today. So today, we have Shannon Boyles. Um, I'll give the high-level overview that she comes from marketing, and is now a privacy analyst. And I can imagine so many different ways that this could go, but um, I want to hear it from Shannon herself. Shannon, uh, you want to give an overview of yourself?
1: Sure. Um, Thank you, Chris, for having me on. This is awesome, and and I just hope to encourage other people that are wanting to get into or break into cybersecurity. When I had graduated college uh, back in 1996, email was just starting, the internet was just starting. And I had always worked in the music industry and media, working my way into marketing and um, began to have really bad health issues that just took me out and um, I got really, really sick. And long story short, didn't expect to survive and I did. And so while I was recovering, I went back to school Um, And was going to pursue another business degree. And because uh, when I graduated, uh, a computer course wasn't part of the required curriculum. I had to take an intro to computers class. Um, And I always considered myself a troubleshooter and, you know, computer savvy, but I wasn't like a sysadmin or anything. And I did very well in the course. Um, And through friends, I happened to get a chance to sit down with the CISO for the state of Colorado and I asked her, you know what her advice would be. and she encouraged me to pursue cybersecurity. In fact, she pursued, she encouraged me to pursue a school in Denver that had an accelerated boot camp. And so uh, I left that meeting, drove downtown, went right to the school, walked in, and I ended up transferring to Secure Set Academy, which is where I did a 480 hour boot camp um, on all things cybersecurity. And I graduated December twenty eighteen, um, and then the the hard part started because applying for jobs, you know, on my resume I had no IT experience, I had no cyber experience, and I got eight solid months of rejection, and it was well, brutal.
0: Yeah, um, before we get into that, let's let's talk about um, the advice that you received from the, the, the CSO. Um, what was interesting at that point from the class that you took um, and the advice that you got that really wanted you to pursue a, a career in cybersecurity because we get advice all the time, right? right. Um, what about that advice like drove you into action? So
1: the, the CISO encouraged me to pursue cyber because of the need to have more women and you know diversity within the field. And that basically was kind of my, you know, aha moment where I was like, okay. And after everything I'd been through with my, my medical issues and health, I thought if that didn't kill me, cybersecurity wouldn't. So uh, (laughs) little did I know that it would be, you know, drinking from a fire hose and, and all the things that it took to kind of get me up to speed. Um, And, you know, I'm going to sound old here, but I was in my mid-40s when I did this, and I'm almost now 48 years old, and, you know, a lot of people told me I couldn't do this, I wouldn't make it, um, I had doctors telling me that I, I wasn't going to get better, and it was one of those moments where it was like, you know, hold my beer, and I'm going to show you, and it's like, anytime someone tells me I can't do something, it just kind of spurs me to really want to kick it, you know what.
0: Wow, and then... So let's talk about um, going to that that uh, education institute in Denver um, the four hundred and eighty hours like what was it comprised of and how did you at the time feel about ingesting all this information was it interesting to you was it like new to you what about it uh what were your feelings about it?
1: It was all very interesting, very new um I was in a place in my mind where I was just throttled by life. I was really depressed, really down, and I needed something bigger than what I was dealing with personally to distract me from that while I was going through, you know, I was recovering and having procedures done. And uh, cybersecurity was really a great way to do that because, you know, the the way that the course started uh, was with um, Sun Tzu's Art of War and just getting into the whole you know, um, battleground, you know, kind of a a metaphor, but applying that to cyber. And then they were, the the cohort broke down into different modules. We had everything from networking to uh, threat intelligence, threat uh, analysis, uh, GRC um, systems, you know, project management. And so My cohort had, I think, 25 students when I first started, and there were 17 of us that graduated, and we became a really tight-knit group. We're spending eight hours a day, Monday through Friday together, and then uh, the school was open on Saturdays for extra help. You're doing hands-on labs together, um, a capstone project together. And so for me, it was the perfect distraction that I needed uh, in order to just try to be like a sponge and just ingest all of this information, you know, um, spinning up VMs and using uh, uh, Linux and Ubuntu and uh, Wireshark and, you know, just, it was awesome for me and it was exactly what I needed.
0: I I love hearing that. And then I also love hearing that they exposed you to the different domains within cybersecurity. I think all too often, some of these boot camps um, focus on a SOC analyst or a penetration tester. And um, at least they gave you the option to, hey, let's, let's dive in all of these different areas and be exposed to them. So uh, that's great to hear. And then which one did you gravitate to the most? Um, what was your journey coming out of it? Like what did you look for um, coming out?
1: ironically i really gravitated towards the grc stuff and um the first position that i had i was a security analyst doing more um i managed the sim and so you know even though i'd been exposed to the sim in school this was really kind of jumping in and, and getting all of that knowledge and then i also had um i was like a like a product manager for the sim service and then the um the security testing and training, which was uh, where we would send uh, fake phish emails to, to users and uh, and test their you know ability to either they engage with them or, or they didn't. Okay. And so now that I'm in a privacy role and doing more GRC, it's, it's kind of uh, full circle for me because I did feel that that was going to be my path. And here I am doing that.
0: Let's talk about the journey. So you mentioned you um, applied for many roles, um, and it took you many a long time. And we have one of our guests saying, "I feel the pain." They currently have a three point nine GPA in their last semester of their bachelor's, and you're getting rejections left and right. Um, oh, wow. Coming out of the the school, how did you approach your job hunt uh, for your first role?
1: So I I worked with someone to help me rewrite my resume and to get some of the uh, fundamentals from what I learned in school baked into my resume to show that I had some experience, even though it wasn't, you know, work experience. And it was eight months of me applying for jobs and just, you know, constant rejection. So I can relate to what that person is saying and just hang in there because what I've come to understand is that. right job is coming for you you just have to hang in there for it but in the meantime i was also on meetup looking for you know tech events and this was pre-covid mind you um you know any of the uh the having gone to this school i was invited to different workshops and and able to go to events and like you know aws had a day of awesome i got to go to so Anytime I saw something like that, I would just sign up and go. It didn't matter what the topic was on. I just wanted to still immerse myself in everything that I could. Um, but it is disheartening when you have put in the work, you've put in the time to study and, you know, I, I, 3.9 GPA is amazing. I, I know that mine was not, not that high, but um, just hang in there because your break will come. And I remember being in the interview uh for the job, the first job I did get, and the CISO for that company was yelling over the phone. He was looking at my resume going, I don't see any IT. I don't see any cybersecurity. Why the hell or do you think, you know, you could do this job? And I just flat out told him, look, man, I almost died from this health experience. I went to school. I've applied myself. I know I'm smart. I know I'm capable. I'm assertive. I just need someone to give me a chance. And for whatever reason, that CISO took a chance on me, and it, it, it really paid off.
0: <laughs> I, for, first, the, I, I love the, like, I don't care attitude, because I think that's where, when you're in an interview, managers feel that. They feel that lack of confidence. They feel that desperation sometimes when you've been looking for a long time. And I, I think when you have that confidence, it really displays. Um, but I, what the, the the question I wanted to, to pin into was, how were you going about your 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 job hunt? Were you applying for everything that you saw? Were you specifically targeting roles and customizing your resume? Um, what was your what was your approach? What did you find work best for you?
1: For me, I found that entry level uh roles were what I was going for, obviously, especially with my background and knowing that I was coming from a totally different industry. And I just would, um, find jobs online that, that look good. And then based on what the, uh, job description was, I would cater my cover letter to that, but still have this same version of my resume that I would use. And, um, eventually I, I made it work.
0: I love it. <laughs> so, um, let, let's start to pivot now. So now you have your first role as uh, a sim manager, um, kind of like a product manager. How did you pivot from there? Uh, what was your next step?
1: So what was really great about the role I was hired into was it was at a, a company that's a managed service, managed services provider. And they had a program for college graduates, even though I was much older. And um, it was called Discover IT. And so myself and 20 other college grads were hired. And we were sent for two weeks to go get onboarded and bond together and spend time together and really learn about the the company itself and its customers. And then from there, I started the job. And I got to say, I was so fortunate because my manager was awesome. And he would just sit down with me. And anytime I had questions, he made all the time in the world, we would go and and whiteboard things out. And, you know, I'm a visual person, so I'd have to see things versus just kind of talking about them. And um, I had three really solid mentors at this company that were, you know, solid security experts and they really just took me under their wing and never made me feel you know this big or stupid or anything and just that I think has set me up for success wow
0: well let's touch on some of the comments from our guests um Sean replied back saying uh thank you for the advice all I need is that one chance to prove myself as well I identify with you a lot because I have medical conditions that I've lived through my entire life. Very inspiring to me. So thank you, Sean, for sharing that. Um, We have Dabish that mentioned that he's writing for an InfoSec label until he gets the skills and certification to do behind the scenes, uh, practical role, um, an analyst or red teamer. Even though he's had six years of experience as a technical writer, finds it very hard to write for the cybersecurity niche. Um, yes, I would say writing for cybersecurity does take a, a different hue to it because you have to know a lot about the entire environment, not just the one subject. Um, and then one for you, uh, Shannon, and you, you could say this based on your own experience or maybe the ones that you've, uh, the, the peers that were part of that Discover IT journey with you, is do you think that the, the cyber boot camp was worth the time, the money, or from them coming from different colleges, um, was their experience or their training um, better prepared them for the role?
1: I feel that for, for me personally, because I did have um, a college uh, degree in my back pocket, even though it had nothing to do with IT or cyber, that the boot camp experience for me was imperative. And that's what really set me up for being able to begin to kind of understand all of the things that go into cybersecurity. And you know, if if some of your viewers are trying to decide whether a college or a boot camp is best for them, um, you know, I, I would say the, the boot camp was really helpful one thing that I learned in the boot camp that blew me away was how in cyber and in it, you don't necessarily need a degree. You don't necessarily need all the certs. And, you know, I grew up with my parents saying, you know, you will go to college and you have to have a degree and you know, that's what kind of sets you up for your career. And so knowing that you don't necessarily need all of that, you just got to have the skills, the passion, the desire for it. That's really all you need. Um, And yes, Some of the boot camps can be, um, you know, like, like the tuition at at a college, but um, I found that there were resources available, scholarships, and there's ways to do it. And, you know, along with like, just setting your mindset to like, you know, whatever you want to accomplish, you can do it. If there's a will, there's a way. If, if you want to pursue a boot camp and, you know, you need help with financing, those boot camps can, can help you out with that. And um, I would just encourage people to to do what resonates best for them, but I would also encourage the, the boot camps.
0: Yeah, I, I would say, investigate what you're getting, whether um, it's from a boot camp or a college because there are some colleges that have great theoretical degrees, but not as much hands-on. And others that have a lot of hands-on um, that you can get from a college. And then the boot camps. some of them can be really focused in one area. Um, like I mentioned, SOC analyst, Pentest, like some of them are really focused in that area. And if you need that broader exposure, maybe you need to find a boot camp like, like you, you did that kind of offered you that broader exposure. So um, I love your advice of kind of do what resonates with you. Um, so you're doing this b- back to your story. Um, so you're doing the discover it. How did you switch from SIM to, um, your next, your next role? Was that within the same company that they offered you a different role?
1: No, actually. So when I worked for the managed services provider and my title was security analyst, even though I was managing the SIM and, uh, phishing emails and, uh, what we call the stat service, which is security training and testing. Um, I was recruited for my, my new position. And um, I always thought I would be at that managed services provider for years. And so when I was recruited, not only were the benefits just amazing, but the pay was because I had had experience almost two years of experience. I never made money like that in my previous world, when I was doing marketing and media. And so um, it was a year ago that I was recruited. And so my my new title became privacy and security compliance analyst. And um, I love it. It's, it's GRC, it's, you know, dealing with privacy, which is also another whole up and coming uh, part of this. And It's just fascinating to me because, as you know, Chris, the cybersecurity landscape is vast. It's huge. There's many paths you can go down depending on what you're passionate about. I don't think that one person can know all the things. Um, If they do, I'd love to meet them because that's uh, fascinating. But, uh, you know, I just kind of found I don't know if it's manifesting. I don't know if it's just my Irish luck, but what I was feeling passionate about and, and wanting to do eventually unfolded into my life with a lot of hard work and, and a lot of time spent on this.
0: Yeah, and let's kind of um, dig into your role as a privacy analyst, because I don't think a lot of people uh, know what a a privacy analyst does. And what I wanted to also dig in on is how much transferable skills you had from your previous experience in marketing that you can now bring back into, into your privacy analyst role.
1: That's a a great question. Um, So my undergrad degree was English mass communications, and I never thought I'd be using it in cybersecurity. However, in the role I'm in now, I do a lot of policy writing. I write standards and, you know, there's my college degree right there with, you know, writing and um, just Project management, which is something I think I've done since I was a kid and just didn't know it. Um, but then the the soft skills are so important as well. Being able to talk to different groups of people and stakeholders, and and being able to communicate really complex things to different audiences. You know, um, I joke that I'm my family's IT director, and I try to explain to my my parents what I do and. I try to put it into terms that make sense for them. You know, I'm not going to try to talk over their head and say all these big things because, you know, that doesn't help. But um, really, I think that uh, also in my my previous life, I'd had a lot of client facing roles. And so that plays into this as well. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, being able to figure out what it is that you like to do and what kind of a role that looks like Um, I'm on a team of probably 13 and um, we've got, you know, everyone's doing something different, but as a collective, we protect the organization and, you know, um, do everything we can to make sure that, God forbid, nothing bad happens. And as you know, you know, with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and, you know, shields up and really needing to harden the, the networks and, and protect the environments, it's top of mind all the time.
0: Absolutely. And um, with, with <clears throat> starting on the privacy side, there, there's a lot of advancements there with, you um, gdpr understanding how your company has data with who it manages data data lineages um and then you have all the uh, american um regulations things like um the california privacy Mm -hmm. protection act and each individual states how do you keep up with everything that's changing
1: i try to read i try to stay current um I, there there's a lot of people I follow on LinkedIn, um, you know, uh, Chris Krebs reading what he puts out. And then even from a privacy side, you know, um, IAPP, that's a great source. And as you know, things are constantly evolving and there's new technologies and there's new regulations coming down. And it's just how do you stay on top of that and get all your work done and have a work life balance? And, you know, podcasts are a great way. Uh, there's so much information online and on YouTube, um, you know, and to your point, along with like CC uh, uh, PA with California, other states are coming online with, with privacy. And, um, and then you also just have compliance in general, you know, CGIS and HIPAA, PCI, PII, FERPA, and, and understanding why these are in place and what they're doing to protect not only, you know, you, but just. Your, your community, your family, and why that is important in cybersecurity.
0: Absolutely. And so for, for those maybe looking into to get into the privacy side, um, what are your recommendations uh, for preparing for that?
1: I, I think it's, it's going to be kind of, again, what resonates with each person, but really understanding why is it that I don't want my information sold to tons of companies. You know, um, I, ironically, when I was uh, in school, just because I had a Capital One credit card, I was in that breach. I was in the Yahoo breach. I was in the Home Depot breach, and these were all things that just because I was a consumer. Um, and when I got out of school, I joined InfraGuard, which is the FBI's uh, private-public sector uh, partnership for protecting critical infrastructure. And I remember talking to the special agent with the FBI here in Colorado and saying, you know, Oh my gosh, I've been a part of all these breaches. Like what, what can I do? And she said, monitor your credit. And I was like, that's it. And really, you know, that's it for right now. And so to your question about what, you know, can people do to f- pursue privacy you know, start to to read and and start to go to some of these um, institutions like IAPP and understand why, you know, privacy is an inherent right and and why you can tell companies to forget your information and you don't want them to sell your information. Nobody wants that.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. I'm a local IT slash cybersecurity sector chief for the National chapters region of InfraGard myself. So cool. a big promoter of the organization. Um, speaking speaking of the national chapter region, I did want to highlight for our listeners that uh, the Cyber Future Foundations is going to be having a talent week in April and they'll be having a virtual, for, a virtual edition for, the West and Central and in-person edition for those in the DC area. So check out the Cyber Future Foundations for that. Um, Shannon, we're getting to the the end of our podcast. Uh, usually I ask what what one piece of Sage advice would you give to someone having gone through the journey that you have and them them potentially wanting to follow in your footsteps?
1: I am a relentless person. And I when, when I see something that I want, there's nothing that can deter me. And so no matter how much rejection from jobs you apply for or people telling you that you can't do something, if you know, in your core that you can do it, don't give up. And it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, imposter syndrome is real. I know when I started, I was like, can I do this? Am I, I'm old. I don't know. Am, am I smart enough? And yeah, I am and I did and I have. And so whatever self-doubt, even on like good days, bad days, if you're feeling rejected, if you're feeling down, don't give up, you know, contact me on LinkedIn. I will pump you up and give you whatever advice I have in my, you know, uh, experience. But if if you really feel passionate about this field, you're needed. There's so much needed, uh, you know, within the job force in cybersecurity and and protecting Things And so, you know, um, just don't give up, keep reading, keep learning, you know, uh, spin up VMs, practice doing things. There's so much on YouTube. I mean, that's the great thing about the Internet is that there's limitless content and information to educate yourself on within cyber or privacy. And, uh, you know, if if this person who went through terrible medical stuff and shouldn't even be sitting here talking to Chris right now Uh, went from marketing with no IT experience into cybersecurity. I promise that anyone else can. It's just a matter of of committing to it and doing it.
0: Yeah, we have some great comments here at the end. Um, We have Doreen, love that, don't give up. Then we have uh, John saying, thank you for sharing your experiences and your insights, Shannon. Love listening to the show, Chris. And then um, we have some others. Um, One last question that if you... Had any experiences with um, hands on labs and doing some of those self grown projects that you would share?
1: I would say that if you're doing the the hands on labs and you're finding that something's not working or you're getting frustrated, get up, take a break, you know, maybe go get something to drink and and come back and sit down. And it's like your mind almost resets and, and you see the problem you're trying to solve differently. Um, And just, again, just don't give up.
0: Absolutely love it, folks. Don't give up. Uh, If you're on LinkedIn, follow myself, follow Shannon, follow the podcast. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe and notification button. And if you're following us on podcasts after the fact, uh, please give us a five-star rating and share us with your friends and family or anyone interested in breaking into cybersecurity.